You are listening to Tom Green, a series that joins classes from St. David's Boys National School in Artane as they learn about the life of Irish Antarctic explorer Tom Green from the book Iceman by Michael Smith. We're here in St. David's Boys National School on the Kilmore Road in Artane and with me are boys from Mr. Bedford's class and we've got Rhys, uh, Kim, Jake, Luke, Nathan and David and of course Mr. Bedford himself. You're all very welcome. Thank you. Thanks. Mr. Bedford, would you would like to introduce the topic that you want to talk about today? Yeah, so the topic we're talking about today is World War One. All right, OK. So, uh, so one of Tom Queen's main voyages took place, you know, for him, he wouldn't have really known what was going on around the world at the time. So we thought it was interesting to kind of look at of course, World yeah. War One. Very good. And um, I believe Nathan is going to read an extract from the book uh, Iceman, it's a, which is all about Tom Crean, written by Michael Smith. And that's the book that has been running right through this series. So, uh, Nathan, away you go. Shackleton's new expedition, the most ab- ambitious Antarctic venture ever attempted, his proposal wa- was to walk from coast to coast across the entire continent, a, tre- a trek of about 2,800 kilometres, 1,800 miles. <clears throat> Most of the interior of Antarctica was still unknown and it was a perilous adventure. A newspaper advertisement of the time summed up the risks of polar exploration at the time. The, adv- uh, the advertisement read, men wanted for a hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return, doubtful. The wages of exploration were small, despite the hazards. Tom was only paid about three euro a week, which is worth around 210 euro or 145 a week in today's money. The expedition began in the summer of 1914 as the First World War was breaking out in Europe. Shackleton's ice ship Endurance intended to sail for the Falkland Islands in the South Atlantic Ocean, but German warships were gathering for a big naval battle, so the explorers gave the island, islands a wide berth. Very good. So that's interesting. So the, the last of Tom Crean's expeditions started at just at the beginning at a major, major world war. So that's the context that we're going to talk about, Mr. Yeah. Bedford. Yeah. Well read, Nathan. Very good. That is a very good idea uh, what we're going to talk about. So I can see here the boys have done a great project, Mr. Bedford. They have a big, two big charts with a whole load of notes and papers. So uh, will you maybe introduce and ask the boys who are going to talk? Yeah, so I think, Reese, you were going to talk first. Would you just say what you were going to talk about there? Good man, you were Reece. talking about the weapons of World War One, isn't that right? Yeah. Do, you need to, do you want to see the project? Yeah. So yeah. if you just take your project and we'll have a look at all the notes that you've prepared. And this was a combined effort, Mr. Bedford, I believe. Yeah, this was the whole group's work here. Very good. Very impressive. So, Reese, will you read out um, uh, what you found in terms of... You're going to talk about the weapons, is it? Very good. Yeah. And so sort of, explain what they look like. I'm looking at, say, there's their handguns and are there rifles... And what else? 
machine Shot guns. guns and machine guns. Machine guns. And what's the difference now, Reese, between say a rifle and a machine gun? A rifle sometimes not automatic. Right, and in those days, there was probably there was maybe they they would fire one bullet at a time, maybe, and a machine gun. Shoots rapid fire. Very good. So that's the big difference. So, uh, and that was a major, major thing during the First World War, where men attacked each other across open ground against machine guns, and they were they were cut down. They said, and I think books would say, they were mown down like corn. You know, they just would fall down like that. It was dreadful. So, have you ever heard or or seen on television a machine gun operating? Yeah. It's frightening, isn't it? Oh, dreadful! So, would you would you like to be involved in that? I don't think so. I'd like to be yeah. going up against the side who had machine guns, machine would guns. you? And there was a, the. I'd like to be one though. You'd like to have one. If you oh yeah, have one. yeah. Stuff like the little rifle from years ago. Yeah. So we have a hand ri- we have rifles, machine guns. Anything else there? A shotgun. Shotguns. Shotguns. That wouldn't be so nice either, would it? No. What else, Reese? We have. Yes, I can see lovely chart here with all. Yeah. Uh, is it a Mauser the German army had? Is, yeah. it, is that how you pronounce it? Mauser, is it? Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was that was a rifle, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And a shotgun bullet add on. One, and they, I, see, I can see there they're different sizes and the barrel were different lengths. So I presume the longer the barrel, the more accurate they would be. Is that right? Okay. And and, and the more shorter, the more damage it does. Oh, right, so they say very good. Oh, yes, like a shotgun would be, you have to be nearer the person to, to, to inflict damage. Very good, Reese. That's very interesting. Um, and now, uh, Mr. Bedford, anybody else? We're moving on to David next. David. Yeah, I was talking about the countries and involved uh, in the First World War. Yeah. Right, okay. So we'll just move our chart around because I can see all, all, I can see maps and everything here. This is marvellous. So will you talk us through, David? Uh, the countries that were involved, uh, will I name them all? Oh, do you, please. Uh, was Ireland, uh, United Kingdom, Russia, F- Russian Federation, China, South Korea, North Korea. I think they got bombed. Yeah. Uh, Canada, United States of America. Uh, it was called Austria-Hungary at the time because they were connected. And Germany and France. Very good. So they were all, in, that's, and that's how it was called, a world war. Because yeah. there were so many different countries involved. Now, where did the main action take place? It, it, it was mainly a, a land a battle, wasn't it? Yeah. And what? And they, they were ended up in trenches. Is that what they were called? Yeah. Yeah, trenches, and uh, they were the trenches were really bad yeah. conditions. Conditions. And can you describe? Have you done some work on that? Yeah, it's there. And are you going to talk about that? No, Ken. Ken, will you talk about the, the? We'll just move the chart over, and so Ken is going to talk about what it was like in the trenches. So we have lots of notes there. Ken, away you go. Trenches are like big. They get sho- They get like a shovel and dig up holes. That's right. There's a big hole in the ground, and they go under a tunnel, and there could be like rats under there. Oh gee. And like bodies, anything under there. And they look under to see like who's coming or anything. And the trenches, so that the trenches were literally a sort of a channel in the ground. So if it rained, it would fill up with water, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, well, and that's so there'd be rats. Yeah. Did you say rats? Yeah. Oh, 
and they say if you're, you'd, you'd have to eat there too so there could be food and, and people would, would be killed and oh sounds awful doesn't it yeah. you may have to go to sleep there too and it's yeah so there was a particular thing Mr Bedford uh, that the men often found suffer from because of the damp and the wet is, is foot foot rot I think they yeah, called it yeah. because they were in the water they couldn't change take off the boots so their feet were constantly wet and you get this this um, horrible um, uh, um, skin infection, which was dreadful. It was horrible. So, what else did you find, Kim, about about uh, trenches? Oh, that you can see, save like you build, yeah. And there's a hole in the ground. You can see people who like. You can go under there and see like who's coming. To see ah, who's. you could build a tunnel underneath and an observation post to see if the, what the enemy are coming. Yeah. Right. So it was. The weather conditions there, it, it rained a lot, so the ground was muddy and you had snow and you had frost and you had, yeah. then you had sunshine in the summer. So it was, they were there for years, so it, was a, it, was, it seems to be an awful existence. Anybody else, Mr Bedford? Uh, yeah, and did somebody have the fact about, we recently heard how many Irish people died during World War oh. Me. You heard that, Reese? Okay, Reese. Yeah, 3,000 3, people died, 2, Irish, Irish people. people. That fought in the British Army. Yeah. Because at the time, of course, you must remember that Ireland was part of the British Empire. And then after that, they got freedom. Yeah, we, and yeah, they were neutral. Exactly. So, but at that time, a lot of Irish people joined up the army because it was a way of living, of, of livelihood. David? Uh, I was watching a show and um, a fellow went into the trenches and he wanted to go toilet. So he gave him a bucket and then he went into a, like a shed but it wasn't really safe because the shed kept getting bombed and then he got bombed. So they, uh, we forgot about that, so people had to go to the toilet in the trenches also. Yeah, so, in a bucket. So can you imagine the conditions? And then you had to sleep there and eat there and fight. So and it's Risk your life just to go to the bathroom. Oh, it's, it's yeah, dreadful. <laughs> so uh, anything else? Uh, Jake was going to say, yeah. The youngest British soldier was only 12 years old. Sidney Lewis was just 12 years old when he lied about his age and joined the army during World War I. He was one of thousands of eager, unraged boys who enlisted enlisted, uh, ended up fighting alongside their adult Adult counterparts. Very good. good. And Jake actually has a brother who's 12, so he might be able to imagine what it would be like for the 12-year-old. So what ages are these boys here, Mr. Betcher? These boys will be 9 and 10. 9 and 10, so 11. um, Imagine just two years older than you guys. This this boy, he must be a big tall fellow maybe, and joined up. So that was very common, by the way, that a lot of young boys... Uh, pretended they were older. In fact, Tom Crean himself joined the navy. Do you remember he he said he was older? He was 15, yes, he pretended. He pretended he was sixteen. So there we are. We have a link right back to the to, to the book and the research that you found that a young boy joined up. Tom himself, because he was a fine strapping boy, uh, said he was older than he was. So it's interesting the link we can find that here the book we were talking mm. about. He did the same thing. So, um, you found this boy, he was only 12. I never knew that. I heard other boys of, uh, of an older age. Um, Nathan, you have something there to say? Just yeah. from now. 
My granddad Joe, he lied about his age so he can get into the army. Are you serious? So we have a real live example of somebody who did that. And uh, and is your granddad still alive? No, he passed away. Oh, did he? Do okay. you know what age he was when he went into the army? Or? No. Not sure, but yeah. you had to say he was so, older than he was. So did he, did he have medals? Did you yeah. yeah we, and did you? we had to bring them up because the army came to his funeral and it was all raining and they took the coffin out of hers and they the army held it to the to the church. Oh, very good. Oh, that was lovely. So there's a guard of honour, as they call it. Oh, that was nice. So that's very interesting. So you had both young boys uh, fighting uh, with adults, you know, people, older people. So that's very interesting. And listen, Jake, would you could you imagine enlisting or signing up in the army if you were that age? No. No, you wouldn't like that. I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. So what we described today, what Kem has described, and other people described the conditions in the trenches. So a young boy going through that sort of situation, dreadful. Wouldn't it be terrible? Yeah. Away from home and bad food and people shooting at you and. Having to go to the toilet and very awkward. Oh, wouldn't like it at all. We, we looked at a poster today. Do you remember the poster about after yeah. Belgium was attacked yeah. when they, the British tried to enlist people? We looked at the poster and it didn't really say anything about all of that oh, stuff no, that might no, happen. Yeah. It was just let's protect you know, right. Belgium. Yeah. I think Luke had a bit to say as well. Did you I'm have? I'm talking about um, uh, in August 10th, I think it was. No, in August 4th. Um, German U-boats, they sailed from a base in northern Germany um, and they ambushed a, like, a American like passenger boat called the Lewistania. And if that didn't get... Um, they shot a torpedo and it got sunk. So I'd say if that didn't get sunk, um, it would have had a better chance of America not being in the war. Very good point. They, certainly, if the Lusitania had not been sunk, you're absolutely right, Luke. America, the United States of America, were unlikely to have entered the war. So it's it's fascinating to see all these things coming together. So before we finish up, I think everybody has contributed. So, Mr. Bedford, I want to thank Reese, Kim, Jake, Luke, Nathan, David and yourself for carrying out the work and it's great to see the project work that you've done and I hope you'll display that now in your classroom for people to see because it's a, it's a long lasting um, result or example of, 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 your, of your research. So well done boys and uh, thank you very much again. Right, we're with uh, Mr Bedford's class from St David's Boys National School in Artane. And Mr Bedford, uh, you're very welcome. Thank you very much. And uh, you're, you're, the boys here are going to talk about a, a subject that which is near us every single day, but very quite difficult to describe. That's water and ice. Water and ice, that's and right. Ice. Yeah. And with us around the table, we've got the boys. We've got Daniel, we've got Finn, Lee, Josh and Jacob. And I can see a big chart of research work that the boys have done. I see coloured charts and I, I, I see pie, pie graphs or is that what they're called, pictograms? And I can see fabulous pieces of work that the boys have done. And that's going to be uh, discussed now in, in this part of the programme. 
So will you start off, will you introduce the, the first topic, Mr. Bedford? Yeah, so this topic, uh, I suppose it's easily relatable to Tom Green. Mm. He would have spent so much time travelling over ice and Absolutely. ice and water were life and death for him. So. And of course, this whole project is based on a book called Iceman, which is all about Tom Crean, written by Michael Smith, uh, published by the Collins Press. And uh, that's, <coughs> the, that's the whole backdrop to this. So... Um, Okay, we'll we'll take it we'll take it away, will we? Yeah. yeah. So Jacob's going to read uh, a passage from the book uh, that kind of gives a good quote at the end. Oh, very good. Some water. The call of the ice was strong from Tom Crean. Within eighteen months of burying Captain Scott, Tom headed back to the Antarctic. He was now one of the most experienced explorers of the ice age, and famous Sir Ernest Shackleton asked him to go south again. Shackleton. Shackleton had travelled with Tom on the Discovery Expedition and wanted his tough, resolute character to join his next undertaking. Shackleton's new expedition was the most ambitious Antarctic venture ever attempted. His proposal was to walk from coast to coast across the entire continent, a trek of about 2,800 kilometres. Most of the interior of the Antarctic was still unknown and it was a perilous adventure. A newspaper ad- adver- advertisement is it? Yeah. Yeah, advert- Very good. of the time summoned up a risk of polar exploration at the time. The advertisement Ad- read, Men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, Constant danger, safe return, doubtful. The wages of exploration were small. Despite the hazard, Tom was only paid about £3 a week, which is worth around €210 a week in today's money. The expedition began in the summer of 1914, as the First World War was breaking out in Europe. Shackleton's ice ship, Endurance, intended to sail for the Falkland Iceland in the South Atlantic Ocean. But German warships were gathering for a big naval battle, so the explorers gave the islands a wide breath. To To avoid trouble, Endurance sailed onto the small island of South Georgia on the edge of the Southern Ocean. Other bad news of a different kind awaited them. South Georgia was a bustling island full of whaling ships and hardened Norwegian sailors with a, a thorough knowledge of the icy waters of the Antarctic coast. To reach the Antarctic mainland, Indians had to sail across uh, 1,600 kilometres of the treacherous Weddell Sea, which is teemed with giant icebergs and even today poses a huge threat to shipping. Few ships entered the Weddell. The Norwegian whalers urged to explore on endurance, not to venture into the Weddell Sea that year because the ice was thicker than normal. The ships, the whalers, grimly warned, risked getting trapped in the ice and being crushed. But the advice of the whalers was ignored and endurance sailed. Endurance ran into serious trouble only weeks after entering the ice waters, icy waters. With the word of the whalers still ringing in their ears, 
The explorers watched as the ice closed around the ship. One by one, the exit routes to open sea lanes were closed off as the ice gathered around and tightened its grip. Only luck could save them, but the explorers had to, had r- ran out. High winds drove the pa- pack ice closer together and blocked off all exits. Endurance was trapped, surrounded on all sides by ice. As far as the eye could see, there was miles of unbroken ice. Old sailors on board remembered the saying, what the ice gets, the ice keeps. Well, that's so very that's well read, uh, Jacob, <coughs> well done. So what the ice gets, the ice keeps. That's a f- sort of a fearful thing, isn't it? It's a good warning to them as well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. So that, that again, paints a picture for the, for the listeners that the conditions that, that Tom Crean and his men the, the ad in the paper said, you know, very difficult job, very poorly paid, and you might not come back. Yeah. You know, if if you saw an ad in the paper today like that, well, I wonder would you apply for a job? Hmm. For two hundred and ten euro, I'd have yeah. to think about it. Think about it very seriously. Um, what else? Would one of the boys talk about? Uh, maybe one of the boys would talk about how much water we use gen- uh, daily. Would one of the boys maybe just read this here? Oh, this is the usage of water. Yeah. In, 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 say in Ireland, is it? Finn might do that. Finn. So this is just uh, in How general. How much water do we use daily? <coughs> Shower, 35 litres. Flushing toilet, 27 litres. Laundry, 40 litres. Washing hands, tw- 12 litres. Brushing teeth, 12 litres. Washing dishes, 10 litres. Cooking, 10 litres. Drinking, 2 litres. In total, 148 litres. So from your research, washing your teeth uses more water than cooking. That's amazing. So that's why the, 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 the people ask us not to run the tap. Yeah. To, fill it, to take your glass of water to wash out your mouth rather than leave the tap running. So back at the start of the year, we were looking, even before we started this project altogether, we were looking at ways to save water. Ah, um, oh, because the school we, has its own project, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so part of that is that we try and get a green school flag for it conserving water as well so so Finn would you just call out some figures again uh, just just go through those figures again because they're very important just go, go call out your chart again shower 35 litres 35 washing toilet 27 litres laundry 40 litres washing hands 12 litres brushing teeth 12 litres washing dishes 10 litres cooking 10, 10. litres drinking 2 litres total 148 litres so that's that's very very interesting research work you've come up with there. I, I haven't heard the figures being presented in that format before. That's very very good. Well done, Finn and the boys. So, and the, what's interesting is that the amount of water we actually drink that we we would imagine that's probably the biggest one. That's the loss is only two liters. Yeah. So, a, a person uses uh, what is it? One hundred forty liters. Is that is that what it was? The total one hundred forty-eight. One hundred forty-eight. So it's a, it's a lot of water, isn't it? And a lot of it really is. I suppose we've always been used to in Ireland having water on tap, and, and we won't in other go countries maybe where it's warmer and water's more of a scarce resource. Yeah. To maybe more careful where we might um, just let it run and, the, and let it go down the drain. Correct. We've always taken it for granted, and there's a different scenario. No, we won't go into that now. But it's a very live topic. So thank you very much, and that's a very very interesting piece of work. Now, um, Josh and Lee, did you want to read a bit off it or talk about what you have on the project there in front of you? Yeah. So, uh, Josh, will you talk first? So, we have the big chart, so you're just getting it to facing around you. Well done. So, uh, where is Antarctic? 
at the bottom of the world remote and uh, learn so paradise and icy dar- deserts. No South Pole, 52 degrees. Minus 52. Oh. Minus 52. So you're describing the Antarctic as a, as a, an icy desert. Winds, minus 52 degrees at the southern end of the globe. It doesn't sound very attractive, Josh, does it? Would you like to go there? Would you like to go there on your holidays? No. No, definitely not. So it's it's windy, there's no trees, no greenery, no food, but ice. And if they, if they wanted to sell it as a holiday destination, they have it there on the project that it's the coldest, windiest, driest place on there. So, join, sign up for our special holidays. So, Josh, <coughs> would you like to go for a fortnight now on your holidays there this 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 oh. year? We can sign you up if you like. Anybody else like to go? I would. Would you? Yes. Really? Yes, I would face it. Would you really? Yes, I would face my oh, you, you So, you'd be a bit like Tom Crean. You'd mm-hmm. be an explorer. Yes. Yeah, you'd, you'd like the challenge. I don't think there's too many people who will be with you. So. I would always want to challenge. Good man. Uh, that's what I liked. Very good. And that's what Tom Crean... It did, and that's what we're t- taking out of the book. So well done, Josh. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. I don't know will you get many takers apart from Daniel for the for the holidays in in the Antarctic. Mister Bedford, would you like to go? I'll, I'll see how Daniel gets on, and then when he gets back to me, if he gets back, if he, to g- me, <laughs> I'll, I'll see. Will I go? Very again. good. <laughs> and uh, Lee, what did you? Would you tell me something? Maybe about you'll talk about the photographs you have there, Lee. We've three different photographs. Oh, I see some real old photographs there. Uh. The top one. Remember the one of the ship. Oh, the endurance. Is it trapped in the ice? Do you remember what I said? Uh, 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 Jacob was read up a while ago. What, the, what is it? What the ice? What the ice gets, it keeps. It keeps. So the endurance was <coughs> caught in the in the pack ice. Is that right? And mm. it was it was it stuck like glue. And you have a photograph there of the ship. I'm looking at it. And there's, and there's it three of Tom's dogs just kind of looking on at the looking ship. On. So the ship is, <coughs> looks very sad and forlorn, <coughs> surrounded by ice, big lumps of ice. It doesn't look very nice. Oh. And um, Josh, your advert for the holidays, if that's something to go by, I wouldn't like to be down there sitting in the, the ice, trapped. I wouldn't like that at all. Uh, so uh, did you have anything else, Josh? Have you uh, other photographs? Uh, I see one there. With two more. Yeah. But that's the one when they're in their in their boat, is it? When mm. they were sailing from Elephant Island, mm. is it? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the lifeboat that they used then to get around is a picture of that. That's all from the Shackleton exhibition. Oh, very good. In, uh, Dunleary, so. so, again, those men who sailed from, uh, after being trapped in the ice for nearly a year, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Going around, just the ice is moving. Um, can you imagine the wind and the cold and being trapped? And you know you're trapped, yeah. you can't go anyplace. Well, if, if this, this is just when they left Elephant Island in the open boat, they had a terrible time. Do you remember in the book, they were sailing and they said, oh, look, there's land. Yeah. And it wasn't, it was, a, what was it? A huge wave. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it didn't turn over, they, they survived. But they were incredible men, weren't they? I don't know if you remember, uh, I think it was two or three years ago, there was a, a modern day ship got caught in the Antarctic. Yeah. They were on, do you remember? And uh, they were maybe two weeks at maximum, I that's, think, that's over right, Christmas yes. time. That's right, recently, day. that's right, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they would have had all of the food and everything, but it was a massive thing. And that was there. a research vessel, specially strengthened, and special yeah, engines and so yeah, on, yeah, yeah. and yet it got caught. So even today, with all the technology, it was, it was they still got caught. Yeah. Yeah, so Mr. Bertrand, I'm looking at, you, you, the boys have brought in three bottles here, and one says salt water, one says 
uh, fresh water and the other says accessible, accessible fresh water. Now, the salt water bottle is full. Yeah. Right? And, and then mostly full. There's a little gap. At the little gap. And what, what does that tell us? Can you, will you explain that to me? One of the boys yeah. will tell us. That. It tells us that there's way more salt water than fresh water. Very good. And this is the proportion you're trying to show us it. So they give a huge amount of salt water. And how much fresh water is there about? Is there about There's about eighty percent of salt water. Right. twenty uh, percent of um fifteen percent of fresh water and five percent of Oh we actually water. have figures here. Yeah, Very good. It's a, it's a lot higher this ninety seven. Ninety seven percent of salt water. The uh, two point sixty percent of fresh water and zero point forty percent of accessible fresh water. Wow! So barely that's, any. So so that's why now I understand why it's so important to protect the available water that we use because if that's contaminated, we're in big trouble. Yeah. Ah, so well, that's, that's what we're saying about and what um, Finn was talking about the amount of water we use. Yeah. All of that water. Is treated water, isn't that right? So that when we get the water, it's treated. So it's all top quality water and we're flushing it out the toilet. Yeah. And especially if we think we had water shortages in the last two or three years yeah. here where it's raining yeah. all the time. Now, uh, there's a big store in Dublin called IKEA. And what they do is they collect the rainwater from the roof and they use that for flushing the toilets. Yeah. So that's I think that's where we're going to go. We have to use uh, all the resources we have and not to be wasting things. So, Mr. Bedford, thank you very much. That was a very another very difficult topic to talk about, but you, you did very well. So I want to thank you, Mr. Bedford. I want to thank Daniel, Finn, Lee, Josh and Jacob. You've done great work and I can see... The, the, I love the, the, the project work. Will you put that in your classroom now? We've show? had it up, yeah. We've oh, had it up good. on display and also uh, to Bobby who put a lot of work into it too. But he's oh, Bobby six. is our sick. So Bobby, when you're listening to this programme, we're thinking of you and we kept a, a, a seat for you <laughs> it, 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 to, to, to remember you. So so thanks again to Daniel, Finn, Lee, Josh and Jacob and you, Mr. Bitford, the, the boys from St. David's uh, Boys National School in Artane to, to talking this morning about Tom Crean and, and, and ice and water that he dealt with on a daily basis when he was there many years ago. So thank you very much, boys. This programme was made with the support of the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland.